Mel and I were talking over the weekend about our, our big idea today. And we realized that in our relationship, Mel and I have a few uh, pre-recorded disputes or fights. Do any of you have those kind of recurring disagreements? Or do you, all you guys have perfect relationships out there? Okay. Mel and I, you know, one of our kind of pre-recorded disputes, and, and by the way, Mel didn't just give me permission to use this. She actually recommended that I use this. It goes like this, uh, me saying, um, hey, babe, is, is everything okay? You doing all right? Yeah, fine. Okay, because like, you know, it seems like maybe you're kind of slamming the cupboards or I, I don't know. I mean, are you sure that everything's okay? If you really loved me, you'd, knew, you'd know what's wrong. Well, babe, I don't know how to say this, but I, I do love you, and yet I don't know what's wrong. After all this time, if you really knew me, you'd know what's wrong. And you guys ever have that one? Any of your spouses ever do that? Some of you are like raising your hand and you're like, why doesn't he see that my hand is raised? You know, as silly as that little disagreement might sound when it's really in its context of daily life and struggle and frustration, sometimes it's really difficult. I think the reality is that all of us have some unmet needs that we haven't asked the other people to meet. All of us have some unmet needs in our lives because we just haven't asked And that's part of a healthy relationship is learning to ask and learning to ask specifically. Not just saying, hey, I'm not happy, but hey, I I specifically feel this way. Do you think you could do this? Learning to communicate your needs to the people you love and you trust. If you never ask, if you never verbalize your needs, if you bottle them up inside and you never get them out, then eventually you're going to end up meeting them some other way in your life or looking to some other thing to meet those needs. And very often it's an unhealthy thing. Very often it's an affair. Very often it's a, it's a habit that becomes debilitating in your life. Some of us are here today and, and some of us, uh, your marriages maybe are a mess and it's very simply because you keep expecting your spouse to do something without you asking them. Some of you have friends or children or parents and your relationship with them is strained because you continue expecting them to do something without you asking for it. Some of you are are strained at work because you want to raise and you're working hard and you keep thinking, why isn't my boss noticing me? And yet you haven't asked at the appropriate time or others of you are the boss. And you're frustrated that the employees aren't doing what you want them to do. And it's maybe because you haven't asked them or you haven't asked them specifically, here's what I'd like you to do. We all realize this in our lives, the dynamic of asking. See, we understand if we go to Denny's, if we go to Denny's and we don't ask the waitress for our food, we understand that she's not going to bring it. 
But then in our lives, with our very closest friends and family, sometimes we don't ask them for what we want and we get frustrated that they don't bring it. In fact, I I can pretty much guarantee in a room this size that as you drove here this morning, that as you drove here this morning, some of you right now are upset at a spouse for something you haven't asked. Some of you are upset with a coworker for something you haven't asked. And very many of us are upset with God for something we haven't asked. Many of us are missing out in our relationship with God because we don't ask him for our actual needs. We ask him for spiritual things, for churchy things, for other people's things, but we don't ask him for our real deepest needs. We miss out on seeing answered prayer because we don't align ourselves with God and ask God to meet our needs. We miss out because we don't ask. We miss out on God taking us places and doing incredible things and showing us amazing things because we simply don't ask. And we walk around with this kind of bottled up frustration toward God or this distance between us and God. And very often we haven't asked or we haven't asked at the very specific, specific level. This principle I'm telling you today from God's word, it's a principle that can really change everything in your life. And maybe you got dragged here today by a Cornerstone person who's just crazy about Jesus, and they said, you've got to come to Cornerstone and check it out. And if you're here, even if you don't believe in God, you can keep listening because you can use this principle in your marriage, in your workplace. But the very best place you can use this principle is in your relationship with your heavenly father. Learning to actually ask him for the very real needs that you have on a daily basis. You know, Mel and I, we can now joke about that little recycled fight that we sometimes go through. We can joke about it because we've worked through it. And very early on in our marriage, this was one of the huge things that we had to learn about having a healthy relationship. You know, when we first got married, we were both so eager to please each other that neither of us ever really wanted to ask for something that would inconvenience the other one. And so as a result, you over time both start to get less and less emotionally healthy because you're not meeting your own basic emotional needs. And so Mel and I got to a place where I was, I have to ask her, hey babe, I had a, I had kind of a tough week at work. You think I could have a little alone time this weekend? I know it's my day off and you'd love for me to be with you and the kids, but I, I think this weekend I just need a little bit of alone time, learning to ask for that. And her learning to ask, hey John, you know I love the kids, but they're just driving me crazy. Do you think I could have a girl's night out or a mom's night out and just connect, talk to some other adults without kids around. You know, we had to learn to ask each other for those things. And we're not perfect at it, but we've come a long way because we've realized the principle. We have to identify our need and then we have to communicate it, ask very specifically, not just tell the other person, I'm frustrated, help me feel better. But I'm frustrated. I think if I had some alone time, I'd feel better. Could you help me do that? And in our our challenge, the big idea in today's text is for us to begin praying that way in our relationship with God the Father. 
Not just saying, God, today will you help my job to go well? Will you help me not have any problems? But learning to very specifically say, God, I'm really insecure today. Will you help me feel secure in you? God, I'm really nervous about this meeting today. Lord, I don't know what to do with this child or grandchild of ours and the decisions they're making. Once we start to really identify those specific needs, if you're like me, uh, you're never going to run short on needs in your life. It's very easy to ask, especially when you are aligned. It's especially easy to ask when you align. And we're going to see this in Jesus' model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. We've already studied it for two weeks. And in the first two weeks, we learned the align half. In fact, let's look at the first half of the Lord's Prayer here in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. This is Jesus teaching us how to pray. And here's how it starts. Our Father in heaven. Now, we spent a whole week studying that. And if you missed it, you can get it off of our website. This is huge. Very many of us have father wounds or we have authority wounds in our lives in the past. And when we hear Heavenly Father, we we have a little bit of a distance between us and Him. We have to learn to redefine our Heavenly Father for who Scripture says He is, not for what we think of when we think of a dad or a father. We have to learn to actually trust Him with all the stuff that's going on in our lives. You know, if we're honest about it, if we're really honest, many of us feel like if we were at the controls of the universe, we could run our life a little better than God the Father could. Don't we? If we're honest. And and that reveals when 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 we really think that in our true heart of hearts that we don't actually know how good He is. We don't actually trust Him more than we trust ourselves. And that's what aligning is all about. Aligning is the whole first half of Jesus' prayer. And it's this idea of of realizing my relationship to God the Father and then surrendering your kingdom come, your will be done. We did a a whole week where we studied that idea. That this Greek word, your will be done, is thelema. It means your desire. And it's a way of saying, Heavenly Father, I don't feel it, but I choose to trust you more than I trust myself. Because you see more than I see. So Lord, in my life, not my desire be done, but your desire be done. So aligning, we align by reminding ourselves, this is my identity. I'm not a journalist. I'm not a pilot. I'm not a retiree. I'm not a wife. I'm not a mom. I'm a child of God. That's who I am. And my God, my Father is good. And even though I'm in a fallen world where bad things will happen to me, he's looking out for me. He's taking me to a better place. And so I can daily say, Father, let your kingdom come. I can't wait to get to your kingdom. And while I travel through this world, let your desires be done in my life, not my desires. Why? Because I trust you more than I trust myself. That's aligning. Jesus teaches us to align. And then in the second half of the Lord's Prayer, a really short prayer. You know, I mean, think if you asked an average pastor, you know, what's the model prayer? They'd probably give you an acrostic or a notebook and a week-long course, and that's all good. But Jesus gives us this very short prayer. And in the first half, we align with God, and here's the second half, we ask. We ask. Let's look at verses 11 through 13 of Matthew 6. Give us today 
our daily bread. Many of you know the verse in Hebrews 4, verse 16, tells us that Jesus is our high priest, so we can come boldly to the throne of God. Boldly. And in the original language, this is a bold ask. Notice there's not a, there's not a please in here. The reason for that is that you've already aligned. You've already established who you are. You're God's child. And you're surrendered to his desires for your life. And once you set the table with alignment like that, you can ask really boldly and you should ask really specifically. I mean, wouldn't you think that Jesus, God in the flesh, the most spiritual human who ever lived because he's 100% God, wouldn't you think that his, his model prayer would be all about these like ethereal, spiritual, unseen things. There's a little bit of that in there, but the first ask is for bread. It doesn't get much more tangible or tactile than bread. Asking God for something to put into your stomach. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts. Now, debts, debts has kind of two meanings. There's our trespasses, where we've sinned against God or against others, but you know what else it means? Debts, that you owe people money. I mean, Jesus' prayer is about asking for food to put in your stomach, for money to meet your needs, forgiveness to calm your shame and your guilt, and then as we also have forgiven our debtors or those who've sinned or trespassed against us. Now, if you're like me, when you pray through that, whenever I get to that, I have to, I, I, I find myself having to say this, Father, I need your forgiveness for my mistakes and I need you to help me forgive others. Because many of us, if we really sit down and think about it, there is a little list of people who've wronged us. And, and we're not to carry that around with us. We're to daily ask God to help us to forgive them. Two more specific things that Jesus asks for. Lead us not into temptation. Lord, I realize today there's a, there's a spiritual enemy out there. Jesus says that your unseen spiritual enemy, he exists to destroy, to devour, to kill, and to steal. He, he gives you these temptations that look like they're going to bring you pleasure, but in the end, they bring death. And, and Jesus teaches us to pray daily, God, lead me away from those things. Because I know how weak I am, but I trust how strong you are. So lead me away from those things and deliver me. Deliver me, deliver us, the people I love, from that evil one. First Peter says that our enemy prowls about like a roaring lion. We live aware of him, but we're not paralyzed in fear of him because we have someone much greater looking out for us. And we're learning today to Ask him to do that. Are you frustrated with God right now about something? Have you actually asked him specifically for the deep heart issue underneath that thing? So you can put it this way. We align with God's desires and we ask for his help. Align with his desires and ask for his help. When you align with God's desires, you can ask him for anything. Jesus says this three different times in the Gospel of John. Slightly different words, but he essentially says three different times in John chapter 14, 15, and 16, if you're aligned with me, ask the Father for anything and he will give it to you. Align with God's desires 
and then ask him for anything that you need. You know, when you align yourself with something, you surrender to it. If any of you ever ridden on a subway or a train? Guess not. Okay. Have any of you ever flown on a commercial airplane? I was thinking about this aligning idea, and I realized that when you step into a subway car, or you step into a bus, or you step into a commercial airliner, at that moment you have surrendered yourself to it. And you are going to go wherever it goes. That's what surrender, that's what alignment looks like. And Jesus is teaching us when you pray, you kind of you set the table by saying, God, here's who I am. I'm your child. And most of that's for us to remind ourselves. And God, here's how I want to set the table. I'm about to set out a whole bunch of specific requests for you. But before I do, I just want to set the table with this, Lord. I am aligned with you. I'm totally surrendered to you. So, so when I come to this sickness that I pray about, I'm going to ask for healing. But Lord, I'm just aligned with you. I am trusting you. If instead you want to do something else through it, that's okay. But here's what I do need. I need peace. I need strength to, to just fulfill whatever your purpose is for my life. Just give me that strength and give me peace. And, and Lord, if you can give healing too, that'd be great. But Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Remember when we spent that week on surrender? Jesus uses that same word, your kingdom come, your will be done. He uses the exact same word in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus, who's totally perfect, prays to the Father and three times he says, God, Father, if there's any way to let this pass from me, if there's any way other than the cross, and finally, after three times pleading that, saying, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, sweating drops of blood, falling on the ground. He finally says, Father, not my desire, not my will, but yours be done. When you've set the table with that kind of surrender, then Jesus says, ask God for anything and God will help you to live out the life he has planned for you. Align with his desires and ask for his help. I realized this last week as I was meditating on this message today that I could teach you guys all sorts of facts about the Lord's Prayer. I could teach you to recite it in Greek. I could give you a notebook with 25 points about it. And you could learn all that. And it could not change your life. You can know all sorts of facts about the Lord's Prayer and never experience the power that's available. What is the Lord's Prayer? It's a way of cutting through the fabric of the universe and opening a channel so that the power of heaven flows down into your life so that like Jesus, you can live for God on this fallen earth. That's what the Lord's Prayer is. And no matter how much you know about it, it will not change your life until you align with God in total surrender and then ask him specifically See, some of us are good at asking without aligning, and some of us are good at aligning without asking. Okay, here's what I mean. Mel and I have a lot of experience with home groups and with having people over for Super Bowl parties and all sorts of fun things. And if you get a group of uh, at least 12 people, especially if you've got 15 or more, there's usually going to be one, often a male, no offense, brothers, okay, 
who in the whole room, he just makes a beeline for the most comfortable chair. And if it's something like a Super Bowl party, picks up the remotes and then asks someone to go get him a drink, right? He has no problems asking. He may have some problems aligning with the social dynamic of the rest of the room. And very likely, his wife is a person who's all about aligning. But she hardly ever asks for what she needs. And some of us are that way. We're kind of people pleasers. And we go into a room of people and and we're very quick to make sure we're aligned with everyone. And we never really ask for what we need. A lot of us are good at one or the other. We're good at aligning or we're good at asking for what we want and need. Here's a sign of a healthy relationship that you are aligned with the people around you and you confidently ask. Why do you confidently ask? Because you're all aligned for the same goal. That's what happens in a healthy marriage. Mel can ask me, hey, John, I'm I'm a little exasperated with the kids. Can I have a girl's night out? She can ask me that, and I'm going to be very favorable to that because we have the same goals. We're aligned. We both want the best for each other. We both want the best for our kids. We both want a partner who's emotionally healthy. We, we're aligned, and so we ask. It's the same in your, in your workplace. You know, if you're not really doing a great job at your job and you go ask your boss for a raise, it's probably going to be a difficult conversation. Maybe your last conversation, right? But if you're totally aligned with the owner of your business or your manager and you are making their goals happen, you're making them successful and you've got a proven track record that you're aligned with them and you go to them and you say, hey, just so you know, I'm totally committed to what we're doing here. We've had some changes in our family finances. I, I, it looks like I'm going to need about this much. Could, could you help me? Could, do you think we could work that out? Well, if you're aligned, then the ask is pretty easy you're not aligned, the ask is pretty awkward. And I've realized it's this way with Christians too, when we pray to God. I know some believers who are great at asking God for anything and they skip right over the alignment part. This was me in ninth grade. I prayed every night for a Porsche 911. I did. And I tried to align. I told God, God, if you ever give me a Porsche Carrera or a 911, I will take people to church in it. That's what I told him. So, so I was asking, but I wasn't really aligned. Uh, and, so, and, and we often do this. You know, God, would you please give me $2 million for my retirement and a paid off house uh, and even like a government pension on top of that? that Would that be great, Lord? You know, we ask without aligning. I also know some other Christians who are amazing at aligning. I mean, they'll spend 20 or 30 minutes in prayer. God, we just want your will to be done in this city. We want your will in our lives. They've set the table and then they hang up the phone and go. And God, the father's probably sitting there like, awesome, you know, ask and it will be given to you. That's why Jesus says, you know, when you're following me, ask the father, whatever you want in my name and it will be given to you. Because it's, the, it's when the table is set with alignment. So here's what I think many of us need to learn. It's the art of asking. The art of asking. And for many of us, it is this. It's learning to identify our needs and bring them to God. It's taking asking from a generic, 
big fuzzy idea to a very specific, detailed, concrete, Lord, today I need help with my marriage and here's specifically where. Lord, today I need patience with this person and here's specifically where. Lord, today I could really use a car that starts. Right? It's getting very, very specific. Because that's what Jesus' prayer is. It's not, Lord, give us today everything we need. He says, Lord, today give us bread. Today give us forgiveness and so forth. Learning to identify needs. Mel helped me with this early in our relationship. I get these really weird headaches every once in a while. And I used to have them a lot more often than I do now. And one of the reasons that I used to have them a lot is that I would not eat enough food. Uh, I'm kind of a driven person. For whatever reason, my appetite's not as strong. And I'll wake up in the morning, and I would, especially when I was in journalism and I was just this young single dude out of college, I'd wake up and I'd just start working, sometimes work like a 12-hour day, and then realize, oh, I should get something to eat. And, And then later that night have like a crazy debilitating headache. And Mel was the one who, who helped me realize, like, John, you have to eat. If you're going to run that hard in life, you have to actually put some fuel in your tank or else your body can't keep up. And I had to learn to identify my needs. And it's the same way in our relationship with God. You know, uh, when you all of a sudden are being attracted to someone who Scripture says is off limits to you, Do you just say, oh, no, no, I shouldn't talk to God about that. That's terrible. Or do you learn to identify your need and say, Father, I know you're for me. I know you see everything that's going on in my heart and in my mind. Lord, will you help me? What's the unmet need in me? I mean, is that just like a normal biological attraction that I just need, you know, no matter what, I need to turn away from it. But is there some deeper, is there like an unmet need in me? And if so, Lord, will you help me realize what that is and will you help me meet it in you? Or maybe you realize, I keep shopping, I keep buying more stuff. And it makes me happy for a little bit, and then I go get more stuff. Learning to identify your needs is to say, God, you see what's going on with me. I'd love to hide it from you like Adam and Eve did in the garden, but I know you see it. Will you help me? What is it? What am I looking for, Lord? Am I looking for security? Am I looking for contentment? Am I looking for a thrill? Lord, help me realize what that is and help me find that in you and help me find that in in the healthy ways that you've designed for my life. Because Jesus does this in his prayer. He identifies these specific needs. You're going to have hungers in any one day. So here's what this looks like. Asking him for help with your raw human desires, your impulses, your fears, and your needs. Here's what your spiritual enemy would love. And here's where very many of us are living. He'd love for you to think, yeah, you know, God's fine when you're at church on Sunday. But really, when you get out there in real life, you need to look out for yourself. God doesn't, he's not going to meet your sexual needs. You're not going to put food in your stomach. This is what Satan wants you to think. Yeah, it's fine to go sing some worship songs. And, but really, when it gets down to the nitty-gritty of life, take things into your own hands. 
That's where he wants us. And that's where so many of us are, not even intentionally, but we're just not connecting it. We're not connecting our, our guttural, raw desires, impulses, fears, worries. We're not connecting those to God the Father. We have a religious barrier between our real life and him when it comes to asking for our needs. Maybe you've seen this in your human relationships where with your closest friends or your family, uh, maybe for your job or something else, you have to kind of be smiley and happy. Or maybe it's just that you've met some new person and you're all nice and then you get in the car and you're like, oh, so exhausted, right? And it's the real you. It's the real you when the, the, the social walls come down, the painted fences come down, and this is the real you. And this is where the Father wants to know you. This is where the Father wants you to know Him and His strength and His power for your life. Say, Father, I'm exhausted. Father, I smiled when that person said that, but that was so offensive to me. That really hurt me deeply. Bringing to Him our raw, our our most guttural, real impulses and fears and worries and desires. You see, we talk about these basic needs on Facebook or other times like me when I was young and I didn't eat enough. We just ignore these appetites that we have. But when was the last time that you asked God to help with one of your most human basic needs? When was the last time you said, Father, I hunger? Maybe it's that you hunger for for a loving relationship. Maybe it's that you hunger to be secure. Maybe it's that you hunger for bread, hunger for achievement, hunger for success. When was the last time instead of just running to the refrigerator of life that you said, Father, I hunger here. I want to look to you to meet my needs. Do you remember the last time you were ashamed Remember the last time you felt shame? Shame's kind of like the, those people who don't hesitate to ask and the people who never ask for anything. Some people are never ashamed about anything in their lives. Other people walk around under a cloud of false guilt and false shame every day. When was the last time you felt ashamed? And when was the last time you said, Father, I'm feeling some shame, some guilt? Is there something between us or is this a false guilt? How about debt? A debt that you have against a, uh, maybe where you wronged a person? Maybe an actual financial debt that you're worried about making a payment or getting a debt paid off. When was the last time you went to your father about that kind of practical need? How about hurt? Help us forgive those who've trespassed against us. When you get hurt, do you pick up the phone? Do you open an email? Do you open Facebook? Who do, you, who do you cry out to? Temptation, we've already touched on. Or I've got this attraction, or here's this, you know, we all every day are going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted for 40 days. No shame in being tempted. If you're not tempted, you're either a liar or you're an alien. You're not human. We all get tempted. And and the enemy just loves for us to 
think that God is ashamed of us for being tempted. He's not. In fact, he relates to it, Hebrews says. He's been tempted and tested in every way that we have through Jesus. Take your temptations to God. Be raw and honest with them when you're personally attacked, when you're slandered. I wonder if God were standing before you right now and you could ask him for a specific thing in your life. God, I have this specific need. What would you ask him for now? See, when you're hungry, he's listening. Give us today our daily bread. When you're ashamed, he's listening. Forgive us our debts. When you're hurting, he's listening, Lord, because there's people who've hurt me and help me forgive them. Forgive me in the same way. When you're tempted, he's listening. Father, lead me not into temptation. Lord, lead me away from that kind of thing. I know you're strong. I also know that I'm, I'm pretty weak. Just please lead me away from that sort of thing. When you're attacked, when you're slandered, when you're gossiped about, when you're wronged, when you are prejudged incorrectly, and when you're attacked spiritually. Is it encouraging to know that you have a father who is eager when you align with him to meet your every need, to listen to your every ask? See, it's your choice. It's your choice today. You've got this great opportunity. It's your choice if you want to choose to start aligning and asking in the specifics and in the details of your life. God, I'm struggling to tell the truth. God, I'm struggling to be content. Lord, I'm struggling to not be bitter. I'm struggling to not be jealous. Struggling to not eat that dessert that I know I don't need. Tell God the real stuff. Struggling to not have a cigarette. Struggling to not open a webpage. This is real stuff. And this is what God wants you to know today. This works in real life. It's not like church is over here and here's the rest of real life. This works in your real life. Ask him for your specific needs. And if you haven't asked, can you really be upset with him that he hasn't done it? See, you can live a tattered life of unmet internal needs or you can live in the completeness of met needs. Now, we've talked about this in a marriage. You can picture it in a marriage where the two people aren't really telling each other their, their real needs. And so slowly they both turn away from each other. They might play the game, but in their heart they start looking other places to meet their needs. And they both look longer and longer to things outside of each other and they drift further apart and they finally come to a place where they say, well, we're just pretending anyway. And they rationalize then, well, the kids will be fine even though they won't, right? And they drift. And, and the same happens in our relationship with God. You can, you can live a Christian life where you're going around with all these unmet internal needs. You can do that. And God still loves you unconditionally. And your home in heaven is secure. But how much better would it be to live a life where your internal needs are all being addressed by a loving 
Father. Mel and I, I'll try and make this quick, but you guys know when I get talking about land cruisers that Mel and I, Mel, because she loves me, has been driving a land cruiser for the last year or so. But Mel has asked me what she'd really like is a minivan. Of course, I wouldn't like a minivan in our driveway. But we've aligned, we've asked, and so, so we finally, we've, we've sold her land cruiser. Actually, it's getting picked up today. Uh, and we've gotten uh, Mel a, l- a little minivan that she just loves. Whenever I look for a car to buy, when I, we always buy used cars. Whenever I'm looking for one, the thing I like to see is a lot of maintenance history. Uh, because if you see that a car, every time something went wrong, it was repaired, and you look underneath and you can tell, yeah, it's got new CV boots, it's, you know, there's a new engine mount there from when they did that work, and you can just see the record of, okay, this car has been maintained, then even though it's got some years and some miles on it, it's going to drive well. On the flip side, there's people, I saw this when I lived down in Scottsdale, there's people who buy a brand new car, and they never change the oil on it, the check engine light comes on, they never take it in for servicing, and pretty soon, you know, it's starting to fall apart, even though it's a newer vehicle. Why? Because its internal needs have never been met. Lord help these cars that are not maintained on our roadways. Tell you what. But, you know, I realized as we were looking at different little Honda Odyssey minivans that, you know, it's really a very tangible picture, at least for me as a guy. You know, there's some cars that are just scraping down the roadway and the muffler's hanging off and the oil hasn't been changed in 15,000 miles and, and, and they're kind of making it, but they're full of unmet internal needs. And there's other cars that, you know, have been around for a while, but they're doing great because their internal needs are met. You know, are, how are you going through life? Are you scraping along the roadway? You have all these unmet internal needs because you just haven't asked your father specifically. Or maybe you've been asking him for that Porsche 911. (laughs) And he's saying, just align with me. Trust my plan for your life. Then ask whatever you want. See, our lives will open up with freedom and provision when we align and ask. There's a freedom. There's, it just, you can't even put it into words. There's a peace. When you fully, Father, your desires be done, not mine. I trust you more than I trust myself. And here's all the unmet needs in my life. He'll meet them. Not always the way that you would. He'll meet every single one. A few weeks ago, I took Jack to see the new Planes movie, Disney Pixar animated movie, Planes Fire and Rescue. And we got into the theater and nobody was there. It was just us. And Jack is four years old. And so he looked at me and he said, hey, dad, since there's no one in here, can I run around? I said, sure, dude, have a blast. Go for it. Well, he wanted, first he wanted us to sit in the back row, the very back row. I tried to explain it's not the best seat, but so, so I'm sitting in the back row and he asks me, can I run around? I say, sure, buddy, the place is ours, enjoy it. And, and I watch his little blonde flop of hair as he's 
just hopping up and down the stairs. He tests about 45 of the seats. Zips up and down the aisles. And I realized, that's carefree living. That's what it's like to live as a child when you know that all your needs are met by a good father, by good parents. And you know you're secure. You know, Jack and Zoe never run to us in the morning and ask if we've paid the bills. They just never do. They just run to us because they know if they've got us, their needs are met. And that's the life that God the Father is waiting, is wanting to give to us. So the question for you, for me, is will we simply align with him, run to him? And will we ask him, God, I'm hungry. God, I'm tired. God, I'm exhausted. God, I'm tempted. God, I'm hurting. Let's stand and pray that together now. Oh, Father, we can know this idea without actually doing it. So just my, you see my heart, my desire for the men and women here. Lord, more than anything right now, I just ask you, please help us to bring you our desires. Please help us to ask you. Lord, daily that in the morning we'd, we'd wake up and we'd run to you, that we'd align with you, and Lord, that we would learn to ask. Father, there's some, there's some people in here, there's some marriages that are pretty close to an affair in this room. And the reason is that there are unmet emotional needs. Will, will you give today that man, that woman, the strength to ask you to meet their emotional needs and the strength to turn to their spouse and say, you don't realize this, but we are really close to a big disaster because I have not been asking you. And maybe I'm not asking you because I don't trust you, but Lord, help them to have that conversation. Or there's some people in here who are about to ruin themselves financially because they're looking at other things to bring them that satisfaction that only you can give. There might even be some people in here who've thought about ending their lives because they have unmet internal needs. Lord, teach us to bring you our daily needs. Teach us to align, to trust you, and then to talk to you specifically and in detail. Lord, as we go out from here these next seven days, just pray one day at a time, Holy Spirit, will you bring this one simple truth back to each of us to ask, to ask the Father. We're going to have moments where we're 15 minutes down a, a thought and we realize, oh yeah, this is one of those situations I just need to ask. Holy Spirit, will you do that for us? We pray that you would change our lives by making us people who ask you for our specific needs. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.